here tonight. If you are visiting with us, we are especially glad you are here tonight to be with us. This is a special night. Uh, it's, it's a unique night. It's special not just because of, you know, kind of who we're going to talk about and, and we're talking about graduation. It's special because, well, here, let, let's just kind of figure it out for a second. If you are a parent, hang on, just wait, wait, wait. Some of you are ready to jump up, didn't even know what was going on. And you remember, not counting tonight, but you remember grad senior Sunday when your kids were seniors here at Northside. Stand up. If you used to be a senior, stand up. All right, there's a couple of you. All right. If you are the grandparent, and I don't, don't sit back down. Hey, Weber's. Hey, no. Yeah. Okay. If you are the grandparent, an aunt or an uncle, a mentor, or just a very close friend to one of the seniors tonight, please stand up. All right, now you guys sit back down. If you're one of the 11 graduates, stand up. You begin to get a glimpse. Okay, now you can, now go ahead and stand for a while. It's kind of enough. Go ahead and sit down. Um, why this is, but you're going to be back up again, so just be, on why this is special to us. We we talk about it as if we're going to somehow honor the graduates. And and, and certainly that's what this time of year is like, let's honor the graduates, let's honor the graduates, I get it. But in reality, what we're doing is we're honoring God. And one of the great things about the God that we serve is that God gives us so many ways to see his glory, that God gives us so many windows into his majesty. God gives us so many windows and eyesights into his power and his dominion. And so tonight, when we honor graduates, and you guys do get a little honor, you get a little cake, what we're really doing is we're giving glory to God, that he has given us the window, 11 beautiful precious windows with which we can see him, with which we can understand more about love and how he loves us. That's what this tonight is all about. Somebody asked me the other week, uh, you know, just a couple of days ago, we were kind of getting ready for this. They said, Jim, I bet you'll be glad when we finally get a youth minister. You know, if I hear that once, I, you know, and, and I, I said, well, yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of convenient, you know, because I was probably running around, you know, having, having one of my meltdown moments and, and things like that. And I said, well, what makes you say that? Well, then you wouldn't have to give the sermon on Sunday. And I thought, yeah, and I, I kind of laughed it off. And then I thought for just a second. And I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and I thought, you know what, even if we had hired a youth minister last summer, I don't think we'd let him speak tonight. Even if he'd been with us a couple, I don't know that we would let him speak tonight. Because tonight, 
obviously isn't about, you know, great oration or, or great speaking ability or someone with all these skills and everything like that. It's not about PowerPoints and, and things like that. Tonight, the message is a little bit different. And I think we owe it to them. We owe it to our God to turn it into and try to let it be something bigger and something better than just simply a sermon about graduation. Because if you look in your Bible, and, 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 I, and I think about this more and more, you know, the last time I gave kind of a, a graduation or a senior Sunday uh, sermon, it was two years ago. And I remember asking the, the graduates a simple question, and, and everybody else, you know, how long have you been looking forward to this? And I remember kind of, you know, thinking about it. It, it. That was a silly question to ask. Because there were certain things about it that I just didn't get. And we're going to talk about that tonight. A couple of housekeeping things I almost forgot until I made eye contact with somebody. Um, uh, two things. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you thought that you had the closing prayer tonight, uh, you didn't and you don't. Uh, someone else does. Just want you to do that so we don't kind of have that awkward two people walk down. Uh, so if you thought you did and you know who you are, because uh, you got a card in the mail, someone else is going to do it uh, because we neglected to have a gentleman, uh, the father of one of the, the graduates. Uh, the second thing that I forgot to mention, even though it's right there at the top of the notes, is sign up in the back for Sunday night after church is in the back. So it's, it's snacks and sandwiches and things like that. Just, just go there in the back after church. It's on the 19th. Anyways, let's get back to what I was supposed to be doing. Sorry about that. It's been a couple of years since I've been up here. It's interesting, if you look at the Bible, the Bible has got so many wonder. I mean, it's, it's so full of some great lessons and everything like that. But you know, one of the things it really just doesn't have is it doesn't have that place, and, and, and we look in the back, and it, it just, my concordance does not have the word graduation. Where I could look to some passage in the Bible, and I could turn to some a graduation ceremony when high schoolers are, you know, finish their 12th grade, you know, some, you know, the first time and some, you know, maybe, you know, the second time and, and they, or whatever that took. And, and there was this wisdom from somebody for graduation. And you can look throughout the Bible and the Bible just doesn't seem to have that. The Bible just doesn't seem to have, you know, a specific, oh, here is sort of the go-to place for graduates. And I think God did that on purpose. Because I look throughout and I think, I, I think somehow God did that. on. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Tonight as we talk, there's going to be kind of two different messages. All right? There's going to be the message to you all. It's going to be kind of simple and quick. And there's going to be a message for everybody else. Two distinct applications into what we're going to talk about tonight. Real quick, you guys stand up one more time. And I, I'm not doing this to be mean, I, I really want you to. Northside, I want you to look very closely. And I want you to count. And for those that are obscured, I'll give you the answer. The number is 11. There are 11. That's point number one. Point number two is about as simple. There will be 11. And then the third 
part of this is there needs to be 11. Let's go ahead and sit down. And we'll talk about that in just a second. So if I look throughout the Bible, and there are some really cool passages. I mean, some passages that I looked at and I thought, you know what? I, I, bet, I bet we could do a, we could, we could do a whole series of graduation. I mean, I could go on the road. I mean, I could hit, I could start on the west side of town, I could end up on the east side of town, and I could just pop through to some of these. I thought about, hey, we could go to Matthew chapter 5. Go to Matthew chapter 5. That, that looks like it might be pretty good. And just to frame an entire lesson, a, a graduation lesson just around the Beatitudes, and just about the very simple things that when, as Jesus began his ministry, the simple things that he had to say to his people, and just to say something like, blessed are the pure in heart. They're going to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. I mean, I, I, we could have a pretty good graduation ceremony for that. And I thought, well, but that's just, I don't know. I, 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 that just didn't feel like a 2019 lesson. Uh, so then I thought, well, let's go to turn just a few passages over. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Now, that's a good one. I mean, that would be really kind of very thundering. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, when Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way of destruction. And many are going to go that way. Oh, that would be such a great one. Just to say, you guys, please take the narrow gate. You guys, please help them with the narrow gate. That would be pretty good. And we could talk about that. I thought, And then I thought, well, why don't we go over to Psalms? Psalms has got to have some things that would be good on graduation. Go over to Psalms chapter 73. I don't hear pages turning, but that's okay. Psalms chapter 73. It's an entire chapter of the contrast between those that are pure, those that are righteous, those that are followers of God, and the wicked. And oh, that'd make for a pretty good sermon. That'd make for a pretty good graduation message. As the Bible, as God talks about that there is just a difference between those who are righteous and those who are wicked, and how that their lives of the wicked end up in destruction and turmoil and conflict, but those that struggle and and, and try to remain righteous, how blessed they are. And then the graduation message would be, be among the righteous. That'd be pretty good. But nah, we're not going to do that tonight. We could go to uh, we could go to Numbers chapter thirteen. I thought, oh, that'd be a pretty good story. Numbers chapter thirteen. It's that part as the as the Israelites are wandering around in the wilderness, and they send the spies over to this beautiful land that God had in store for them. This land, this was to be their inheritance. This was to be their next step in life. And they came back and they said, "Wow." Milk, honey, grapes, huge, everything like that. Oh, but the people are so big. And just how close they were. How just right there on the cusp of greatness. But yet their lack of faith, their fear, their inability to rely on God, and they missed out. And they wandered around till everybody, 20 and up, died. 
Oh, that'd be a pretty good one. But no, not tonight. I even thought about Joshua chapter 4. The stones. After they finally make it over, or just as they're, and they, and they cross over the river. After they, you know, right there, they're on the cusp of the city that God is going to give to them. Victory beyond anything they would ever know. That, that land, the inheritance, and all these great things. And the very first thing God did was sit tight right here, gather some stones, and think about all that God has done. That'd be a pretty good graduation message. God has all these great things for you. Take time right now and think about all he's done. Well, we're not going to do that. The last one that I dismissed, I mean, I'm not dismissed as if it were a bad verse, but I thought, okay, we'll do something a little bit different, was Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2. When he says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And this part, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. Ah, that, that, that'd be a good one. As you go off. Do not be transformed. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. Be something better. And that would be pretty good, too. You know, one of the things that annoy me, and, and a lot of things annoy me, I won't lie, but one of the things that annoy me is the way some people talk about graduation. And I hope we don't fall into this trap, okay? Because some people talk about it, and they, 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 this great build-up to graduation, you know, and, and just all that's going to happen You know, you're going to get your diploma one day, and then the next day, just all of a sudden, it's just going to be this great, you know, things are going to be radically different. And we describe Satan sometimes as somebody who has waited the better part of 18 years for you all to graduate. Ah, now, finally, they're going to be on their own. Finally, as if Number one is if Satan was all that patient to begin with. But I don't know what fool could look any of you straight in the eyes and tell you, now Satan's going to come after you, as if he hadn't already. But we describe it that way sometimes. And and, and so the verse that I like, the set of verses that we're going to talk about tonight as we quickly get through this, as we kind of hand out some Bibles and as we show the slideshow and and all that other fun stuff, the verse that I really like tonight for you all, for all of us, is found in the book of Philippians. Now, understand to understand this verse, to understand why I think it's a pretty good verse for all of this, uh, not that there's a bad verse or anything like that, but is to understand the relationship that Paul had with the church at Philippi. They were close. They were tight. There was an affection. There was a relationship there that was different. Paul wasn't just a minister to them. Paul was a friend. Paul wasn't just somebody that prayed for them in such a way just to kind of, kind of, you know, like, like you would expect an evangelist to do. Paul loved them. 
Paul worried about them. Paul talked to God about them. Get in the picture just a little bit. Are you all getting the picture? A lot more? And so in the beginning of the book, in Philippians chapter 1, this is what he says. And in, in typical Paul fashion, he talks about, hey, Paul, and this, and he goes on, but he says some things that I find to be so much greater, and, and to me just resonate tonight. And he says in Philippians chapter 1, he starts with, hey, Paul and Timothy, and he goes on and says, verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. I thank God. What you need to know is we thank God for every memory that we have of you all. We thank God, not just your parents, not just your prayer pals. This is Northside. You're one of us. You will always be one of us. And we thank God. And years, days, hours after graduation, we will say this too. That we thank God for our remembrance of you. Ah, but that's not the best part. It keeps going. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Oh, excuse me, always offering prayer with you with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. That was through the first five verses. Now we get to the verse for tonight. And I'm borrowing it from Paul because it's, it, it's very, very appropriate. I'm borrowing it because the Bible does not give us three or four specific verses about graduation. The Bible gives us an entire 66 books of the Bible from which to draw encouragement, provide encouragement, offer encouragement, and to calibrate ourselves at this time, here's the one I like. I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That was Paul's conversation to them. Now notice what Paul did not say. Paul did not say, you are about to begin a good work. God is about to work in your life. That God is about to do things for you. That God is about to sort of make his way in your life. He doesn't say that. He acknowledges that God has always been in your life. And what he says is, I am confident of something. And that's the message tonight. That's my message to you all. That's our message to you, that we are very, very confident. We are very, very humbled. We are very honored to be able to say that he who began a good work in all of you will perfect it. I don't know when it will be perfected. It's not going to be at graduation, I can tell you that. He who began a good work in each and every one of you 11 is going to perfect it. He who began, and and this is the same, and I say it with the same confidence. I say it with the same zeal. I say it with everything else that Paul said as he wrote to the church in Philippi. And, And see, that's the beauty of getting kind of an amateur speaker, but someone who's known you. 
So you guys forget, and, and I don't look at it more, I, I used to look at it kind of with an age thing, like, oh, I remember when you guys were little, and I do. And it kind of bothered me for a little bit. But it doesn't anymore. Because of this verse. Because in your lives, I don't feel age. In your lives, I don't feel old. In your lives, I see confidently a God at work who is going to perfect something great in each and every one of you, and that is our prayer. That's our privilege. That's our honor. And so I thought about that. And I thought about, you know, because like I said, I've known a lot of you. I, you know, this is not the class that I got to see a lot of spankings. I will admit that. Um, Two years ago, I got to see some good takeouts. I mean, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. But I don't remember kind of those ones. But I do remember when some of you were little. And I can even remember almost to the month, the first time you showed up at Northside. Every last one of you. I was trying to think of something. What could I bring to kind of show? Because what I want you to understand more than anything else is the fact that God is not going to begin working in your life at graduation. God has done amazing things in your life up until now, and he's got amazing things planned. And we have been the beneficiaries of being able to watch it. We are honored to watch God at work in your lives. And I thought, what, I, need, I need sort of something. What can I possibly get to that would mean something to some of you? Because each one of you's got your own unique story. And I thought, and I stole something off a table. And it wasn't the Tootsie Rolls either. For some of you, this isn't going to mean much. It's a stuffed animal. And I jokingly described this, and I used to call it a rat, I used to call it, I didn't, and, and, and here's why. I never saw anything, I'll be careful, I, all, all I saw was this. I mean, I never really knew what kind of animal that was. The animal was introduced to me years ago in children's training hour one morning when a little girl petrified, came in, very, very small, huge eyes that would not make eye contact with you, clutching this thing like it was a life raft in the middle of the Atlantic, a death grip on it that had to, you know, just wear out her hands. And even though we had a rule to keep the toys under the chair, That wasn't going to leave her hands. And now I see her today. In fact, it was just a few years after that, still hanging on to the rat, but not quite as tight. She walked in, and she started to make eye contact. And that day, she explained to me that her little brother was with her. 
And there were two things that I needed to understand. Number one, that was her brother. I needed to understand that. Number two, if he messes around, I was to tell her. That's exactly right, Pierce. (laughs) (laughs) And what started, or God started, I don't know if it was that day, I don't know when it was, but all I know is there was a life transformed that once relied on a stuffed animal and has now blossomed into something amazing with huge potential, with the very same promise that he who has started a good work is going to finish a great work. I'm blessed to have seen it. We are all blessed to have seen it. I, and, and the thing is, I can go on, I'm just going to do a few stories. I can remember, I would say a young man, but that might give it away, so I won't say that. I can remember a person showing up at youth events, kind of at that little awkward stage, like last week, right? But anyway, so <laughs> and it was right about, and here's the, it was right about the time that Duck Dynasty was going, and if there was anybody that had the lines memorized, that had every Cy Robertson saying and everything like that, and or anything, I mean, and, and that doesn't even count kind of any NASCAR references or anything like that, but there was a period of time when that's pretty much what we got out of Neil, was some embodiment of Cy. And somewhere in all of that, God began a good work. And little by little, we started hearing less of Psy, and we started seeing more of Christ, to the point now that we've got somebody that the younger ones want to follow, want to emulate. We see a good example. We're blessed for having seen that. We're excited to be able to say that which he began, he began some time ago in some form or fashion, and he's not finished. He's going to perfect that. It is going to continue to grow. It is going to extend, not begin at graduation. It's already started. I can remember, for some of you, praying with you. Not just any prayer. But the prayer, that, that, that kind of awkward prayer that comes after a ton of tears have been shed. When self-doubt crept in. And all of a sudden I look now, and not that there aren't any tears anymore or anything like that, but I see 11 people poised. I can remember when some of you showed up at Northside the first time. And it wasn't your idea. You could have been any place. You would have rather been any place other than where you were that morning. But you gave us a chance. And it may have taken a a couple of weeks or or, or something like that. It, It may have started that way. But then all of a sudden, 
God began a work in your life. Not because of something we did, but because of something you let him do. Some of you started coming here on, you know, less than stellar situations, let's say. And now you have evolved into being a huge blessing to each and every one of us. And what you need to know is the one who began a good work is going to perfect that good work, and he has blessed us. We are better off because of each and every one of you. Not just because of what you all have done, but because of what God has started in your life, that we have been the recipients. In in, in almost a very selfish way, we have been the recipients of God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, in a way that would not have happened were it not for you. And here's the cool thing about Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, is that when Paul says that to them, what he's trying to get them to understand is, and he's not, because remember, Paul was really big on, hey, you know, I continue to grow, I continue, and everything like that. The beauty of this is they had done some great things. And what got Paul so excited is that God was going to continue to do great things. Church, listen to me for just a second. Our work is not finished. Our cheering does not stop at graduation. Our excitement, our zeal, turn if you will, not you all, I want the rest of you to turn to Luke chapter 15. And we'll kind of close pretty quick here. Luke chapter 15 is probably one of, you know, kind of the first, uh, let's call it the first 10 verses. Are probably some of my favorite verses when it comes to the youth. Because they're not verses for me to talk to you guys about. They're verses for the rest of you. In the story of the lost sheep and the story of the lost coin, we see two parables where Jesus describes people that had something very, very precious to them. And they were lost. It wasn't, you know, if you look at the story, the first one about the lost sheep, that's not the story of a shepherd that just kind of knew there were some sheep somewhere and went and tried to find them and, and, and kind of built up this herd. No, this was a shepherd that had precious sheep and one was missing. This isn't the story of a woman in verses 8 and 9 and 10 who bought a metal detector because she was quite convinced that there were coins left out on the beach or by the side of the lake, or something like that, and she took that, and she's kind of hoping to find coins. This is a woman who had precious treasure, but one of those coins was missing. Folks, this is where we start to really get serious. Like I said, there's only three simple parts to this sermon. There are 11. Today, There are 11 that stand with us right now. The second point, there will be 11. There will be, on that great and glorious day, there will be 11 that stand and face judgment. 
that will stand as the book of life is opened up. There will be 11. But the third, and the very serious part of this, there needs to be 11. That is, there needs to be 11 that here, well done, good and faithful servant. There needs to be 11. Not 10, not 9. Not any other ratio. There needs to be 11. On whatever frequency, on whatever you know, timetable that, that God has in store or, or that the world creates, or any, there needs to be 11 that walk across that threshold. There are 11. There will be 11. There needs to be 11. And with that, maybe we could go back to you know, some of these verses. Blessed are the pure in heart. Enter by the narrow gate. The ways of the wicked and, and just have faith in God. There's, we, there's probably things to be learned there. There are. There will be. And there needs to be. Tonight, we celebrate God. We rejoice God. We acknowledge you all, and we will feed you all. And it, it, in, in this time of year is all about you all. I get it. But the best part of you all is what you all have done for our walk with God. And we want you to know that. And so when we send you out to do whatever you're going to do, those that are going to become surgeons, those that are going to need surgeons, those that might become lawyers and those that might need a lawyer, those that will fly planes and those that won't, as we send you off, we send you off excited that everything that God has started, if you will let him, if you will let us help you, he will perfect. I always forget what we do in which order. We'll do it a little bit different. We'll, we're going to do the Bibles here in a second, and there's something we'll talk about. But for everybody else, I didn't count. Well, we've got 200 people here. We could say the exact same thing about the 200. There are 200. There will be 200 on the day of judgment. And there needs to be 200 that walk into heaven with God. If for some reason tonight you don't have the confidence, you don't have the ability to say, I am, I will, and I shall. Let's go ahead and offer the invitation now. For those that need Christ, won't you come? All together we stand and sing.